0: And the adventure begins. It actually started Wednesday. We started uh, filling in for a Pastor, who said he is ready for visitors. He just asked if you would call uh, before you come over. But he is doing much better. He's uh, at least a week ahead of time from where he was in January when he had his had his first uh, first knee done. And I think part of that is. Uh, he's got a good need to be able to help him when it comes time to get up and everything. So that makes a big difference. But he he did say, let the people know, I miss my church family. So if you want to come over and see him, he really likes Cameron donuts. I like the jelly filled. He likes the uh, chocolate filled with the chocolate on top, just in case anybody's uh, interested. Uh, turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. So, whether you send him a card, whether you give him a phone call, whether you're able to just come over for a few minutes, he would be happy to see you, seeing as how he is unable to make it here for a, another couple of weeks or so. I count it a privilege to be able to fill in for him while he's, while he's out. For those of you that would possibly be visiting, come back in three weeks when pastor's here. <laughs> so... Jeremiah, uh, Cheryl and I are on the same Bible reading schedule that, that you folks are on. Uh, uh, I, I saw somebody had one of the booklets Wednesday night, and so we've been, we've been following that same schedule at Wildwood Baptist Church. Jeremiah is one of those interesting books. I mentioned it in, uh, in Sunday school. That as I'm reading through it, I wish they would have broken up the the chapters and the verses a little bit different than what they did, because you'll be reading along, and there's times that God is speaking, and then there's no apparent break, and then Jeremiah is speaking. So it's caused me to read very carefully, okay, who's talking here, whereas if they'd have divided it up a little bit better, I I would have been able to keep track of it. But what is taking play background on on where we're headed this morning is... uh, God has pronounced judgment on the nation of Israel. Uh, The first time Jeremiah shows up on the the scene uh, is, I forgot what what year that was, Uh, but he has now given them over 20 years of warning that you need to turn from your wicked ways. They're religious, they're devout, But they're worshiping idols. They've got groves. uh, They find groves where where trees are are growing, and they set up an altar there. They're sacrificing to uh, to devils. They're sacrificing to the stars and the and the moon and for for different things. So they're religious, but they're headed in the wrong direction. They're not listening to any of the prophets or the priests. And so God calls Jeremiah and says, "I've known you since your mother's womb. I want you to go and speak." on my behalf. So that's kind of what's been taking place. Uh, he He's very outspoken. He, he gives God's word at the very beginning. And then there's almost an 18 year silence where there's nothing recorded. I'm assuming that he still spoke on God's behalf at different occasions, different times to different people. But we, we pick up here near the very end of the book of Jeremiah, where he comes out very boldly and says, this is what the Lord said. He said, I've given you all this time to prepare for the the invasion that's going to be taking place. Because of your idols, because of your false worship, I'm going to have Jerusalem destroyed and most of you are going to be hauled off and will not be living here any longer. So that's kind of where where we pick up. It's rather interesting over here in Jeremiah 18, Uh, he's talking about the potter's house, uh, the sign of the potter's house, the word of the Lord, verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. There will I cause thee to hear my words. So he gives Jeremiah different illustrations of things that he does uh, not only for Jeremiah's benefit, but he says, I want you to go to the elders. I want you to go to those that uh, are listening and, and, and at least give them a warning. Uh, one of the situations that he has before the potter's house, which we're going to look at here in just a second. He says, I want you to take a, uh, I, I believe it was a cloth girdle, just a kind of a cloth girdle. <laughs> he says, I want you to go bury it. And uh, so he goes and buries and says, "Okay, now I want you to go dig it up and take it out, And you'll notice as you, as you take it up, it's all it's, it's, it's not good, it's not usable or anything like that. I want you to take that over to, the, uh, uh, to where the, all the elders are sitting in the gates and let them, and show it to them and say, "This is what you're doing. Uh, you, you started with something good, but you've gone the wrong direction. I've been telling you and telling you and telling you, and now judgment is about to fall." But he still gives them, the Lord still gives them just a little bit more time. And so he sends them over to the potter's house. We pick up here in verse 3, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel, on the wheels, plural. And the vessel that he made of the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. So he, as he's sitting down there, Watches the potter make some kind of vessel. Bible doesn't say whether it was a water vessel or, or what it was if it was for flowers or whatever. but as the, as the potter is making it, uh, something is not right. I don't know whether there was a hard piece of clay that was in there. Bible doesn't really tell, but it gets marted. It, but the potter takes the clay, wads it all back up. if you wad i don 't know you, you, do you wad clay. <laughs> pack it all back up, and then reshapes it into something else. So God here still is giving the nation of Israel an opportunity to say, okay, again, we started out well. We started out good, but you have turned your back on me. I've given you warning. This is basically your last warning. We can, there's still hope. We can still make something good out of this if you will just follow me. In the conversation that takes place with God before, uh, just before this, in the chapter before it, we find here in Isaiah or Isaiah in Jeremiah 17, and uh, some very familiar passages of Scripture in chapter 17. Verse five says, "Thus saith the Lord: Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord." He said, "You have chosen your own ways. You're trusting. In the, you're not listening to what the prophet is saying. You're not paying any attention to the to the uh, scriptures that's being read every Saturday in the synagogue. You do not trust in yourselves." or even in the leadership of the nation at this point, because they are leading you in the wrong direction. Verse 7, "'Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, "'whose hope the Lord is, "'for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, "'and that spreadeth out her roots by river, "'and shall not see when heat cometh, "'but her leaf shall be green, and uh, "'and shall not be careful in the year of drought, "'neither shall cease from yielding fruit.'" taken from, very very close to uh, David penning Psalm chapter 1 and giving basically the same comments and advice. Verse 19, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Very familiar passage of scripture. If you've been in, in a Bible preaching church for any length of time, uh, the, the, the story, the account of the potter, uh, I've heard several messages on that. These verses that I read to you, we find them not only in the book of Psalms, but we find them referred to back in the, in the New Testament. But we get down here to verse 15 and Jeremiah says, Behold, they say unto me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. Father, I ask in these next few minutes that we're gathered together around your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would guide us, that you would direct us. Lord, give me words of wisdom to be a blessing, a help, and an encouragement to the church family. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Where is, uh, Behold this enemy, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. The first time this Bible verse became real Uh, was about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Jason and Heather, our uh, oldest daughter and son-in-law, were missionaries in Zambia, Africa. And so Heather figured out, if I want mom and dad to come and visit me, I need to have a baby. So every time she had a baby, sure enough, grandma had to get on the plane and fly over there. So this is our first trip over there. Uh, They're living on uh, on a piece of property that's relatively protected simply because of the culture that that is there. But uh, Jason had some men that would come and they would do some part-time day work to be able to earn money so that they could continue on at the Bible Institute. So it was not uncommon for me in the morning when I would go out to do my responsibilities, one of which was making sure that there was enough water, drinkable water, for the day to run into these men, uh, going to Zambia is is a nice country to be able to go to because they they speak English. They speak a form of British Zambian English, so you have to listen very carefully to get to understand the words and to get the cadence. But they're very easy to be able to talk to because pretty much everybody under the age of fifty and under learned some form of English when they were in school. So I would see these guys and uh, uh, talk to them in the morning as I'm uh, as I'm going about my uh, about my business. Well, one morning, uh, hello Moimba. Now I like the name. His name was Hello. It was al- It was always funny to me to say hello, hello. <laughs> that. Uh, uh, I'd greet him and get sidetracked with what it was that I was supposed to be doing just because I'm laughing at myself about, uh, uh, about the greeting. But uh, hello was, was in the Bible Institute there and lived on the property. And that morning, this particular morning that still sticks in my mind like it happened just the other day, he said, Brother Ingalls, what is the good word from the Lord today? Well, to be quite honest, I hadn't read my Bible that morning. I had gotten up late, and so I had responsibilities and things that I needed to do. So when he said, what is the good word from the Lord today, I didn't have one. I didn't let him know that I didn't have one, but I took a thought from a verse From the day before and I gave him yesterday's leftovers the Lord used that in my heart to say you need to get consistent with your Bible reading not just for the sake of Bible reading to say and in the Bible reading schedule we're we're reading we're reading a, a chapter or two right now in the book of Jeremiah Then we have a psalm that we read, then we have a proverb, and then we go over to a reading in the New Testament, which uh, we're in Acts right now. Uh, So it's very easy. I I don't know if you are like I am, that sometimes in our reading we'll we'll be reading someplace and I'll say, I'm not even really sure what it's talking about here. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, uh, I'm looking and I'm listening for a good word from you, but uh, I'm struggling here. But I've got Psalms, and I've got Proverbs, and I've got something in the New Testament. So somewhere along the way, Lord, I'm still looking, I'm still listening, I'm still waiting for you to give me a word of encouragement or, or to uh, uh, give me something that I can take and use that day that will help me in my Christian walk and in my life. And Lord, just teach me something or, or uh, give me a pat on the back or give me a two thumbs up or something so that my time that I didn't just read my Bible. As our children were growing up, they, we all I mentioned this in Sunday school, but we, we did family devotions in the morning. We also were at the place where as they got older, they were supposed to read some out of their Bible also uh, on their own. And so a lot of times I would, would ask them, you know, uh, so where did you read? Jeremy Jeremy, some of you know Jeremy, Uh, Jeremy was the best of that. Uh, well, let me see that. I think I was in Matthew someplace. Okay. Well, you got it narrowed down to a book. We don't know what chapter we were in where there was no specific verse or anything like that, but okay. You need to read thinking about what you're reading, not just read. So I read it. I'm good. Do you do that with your Bible reading schedule? Do you do that with your Bible reading? Well, I got Jeremiah read, I got Psalms read, I got Proverbs read, I got... I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the day. I don't don't have to go back to my Bible. If somebody asked me if I read my Bible, yes, I did. And I read six chapters today. What did you get out of it? What did you learn? Was there any word from the Lord? over the years i've had people ask me where is the word of the lord when i was in bible college there was a discussion about which translation do you use <laughs> okay that was frustrating because i went to i went to bible college with a bible and they this doesn't sound very good, and I'm not going to tell you where I was, but they almost took it away from me by trying to, trying to cast doubt on the King James Bible. And uh, they would also do that. You know, a better translation. I like, the, I like the way this is written over here. I don't care what you like. I want to read what the Bible says. And for me and my house, the King James Bible is the one that we have used in the past, the one that we're always going to use. But also along the way comes... Uh, and I have done it a little bit myself, but very seldom, comes along. You know, a better translation of this is, or in the Greek it says, or in the Hebrew it says, and it may, and it does, but one of the problems with that is a lot of times uh, you will be reading along, and uh, you'll like this passage, or a pastor, or a missionary, or somebody will be preaching about it, and they say, in the Greek, what this really means is, I don't read Greek. I don't read Hebrew. But I know what the King James says. And if it means that I have to get out a dictionary and look up a word, I will look it up. I, I don't need you to tell me what you think it is. And if you, if you get a Strong's Concordance, it will give you the word and it will give you a definition. And sometimes there will be as many as four or five different definitions, just like there is in the dictionary when you look up a word there. Well, one of the things that I've discovered, and I'm not trying to cast a bad light on, 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 on preachers. But one of the things that some of the guys that I have listened to, they will pick the meaning that they like best to go with the point that they're trying to make. Just stick to the Bible. So that was one of the, uh, that was one of the first times that I, I heard. Uh, so where is the word of the Lord? I've got it right here. Yeah, uh, you've got one in, in, in your lap also. Uh, my family has said that. Cheryl, every once in a while, on occasion, or the children or the grandchildren, will say, what does the Bible say about? Or where in the Bible does it say this? Well, at uh, 74, a bunch of those brain cells are dead. Thank you, Lord, for a phone where I've got a Bible program on there that I can start typing in words, trying to find the verse that they're asking me about. But also that shows the importance of doing family devotions if you still have children at home. Because your responsibility as a parent and my responsibility as a parent and now as a grandparent is to encourage and teach and instruct the children in what does the Bible say. So even when we have the grandchildren come over, we still do family devotions. Now we do, usually do it in the evening before, uh, before they go to bed, but we still spend some time in the Bible. Why? Because it's my responsibility to be able to teach them. One of the things that doing family Devotions did for us in the morning before the children went to school, and I went to work was we spent some time in the Bible. We read several different, pa- uh, several different places. We, we would read through the book of Genesis, and then we'd pick a New Testament book. We'd go back and forth. Well, eventually you, you run out of ideas of what to do. So we actually did uh, occasionally would use a devotional. Uh, this day in Baptist history was, was very good. Uh, because a lot of the things in this day in Baptist history were all, took, all took place out here on the East Coast. So we would read the chapter that was connected with this day in Baptist history, and then they would give the uh, story or the illustration of the pastor or the church or the situation that t- t- took place out there. So I would say, to make that interesting, to keep them focused, that took place just about two hours from where the Dunbars live. Oh, okay, I can kind of relate to that. Uh, the church that they're talking about here, that is just down the road where uh, the church there in Virginia, where, where we, the leaks, uh, where Pastor Leak lives. So it helped them to not only get Scripture, talk about the Scripture, but also have an application as to what has gone on in our past history in America. Also, by doing personal devotions, we would take a chapter of wherever we were reading and I would, figure, I would figure out, I knew how many kids we had, we would take and we would figure out how many verses each child was going to read. So we, we divided up and then they would each read their two, three, five verses, whatever it was. That did a couple things. One, it helped them to follow along. Two, It taught them Bible words. It actually helped them in their reading. Because some of the words that are in the Bible are things that we don't use every day. So through that we discovered, okay, one of our children struggles with reading. Therefore, we need to shore that area up. The things that you can learn and teach during family devotions to have an investment in your children and grandchildren are very valuable reason to be doing family devotion. Co-workers have asked me uh, have have asked me uh I before I got into ministry full time I had several different jobs. The one of the most interesting ones is I worked in a machine shop. Basically all lost guys in there, but they knew that I was they knew that I was saved, they knew that I was going to Bible college for it and so they saw so, where uh, you know what the Bible says? No, what does the Bible say? And they always had some goofy verse that, you know, that was uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's not in there. But if you can find it, you know, you look it up in your Bible. See, if you... so, so, well, what does the Bible say? So I, I had to answer those. I had to answer questions about self. What What is the difference between what, and this is always determined, what your church believes and what we believe, as if there is a difference and there is and there is i grew up in a denominational church and i did not get salvation i got baby baptism i got communion i got living good i got follow the 10 commandments but i nobody showed me and taught me about it's my they taught me that jesus died for the sins of the world but nobody explained to me that i it was a personal decision that I needed to make it was God and me I had sinned against the holy god he died to pay for my sins i've used this example several times here he died to pay for my sins not just to take me to heaven not just to give me a better life he died because of my sin and it was that relationship between us that I had to explain to them. People at the church, I've already been asked, I was asked Wednesday already, so what are you going to preach about today? What are you going to preach about on Sunday? Uh, Are you going to do a series? Mrs. Dunbar, uh, she's hooked on series. I guess pastor does a bunch of series or whatever. Uh, What are you going to preach about? Is there any word from the Lord? Myself, as I read the Bible, as I'm going through difficult situations, the second time that this verse really jumped out at me in my life was February twenty third, nineteen eighty four. How's that for being specific? I had been working in a, a mental health facility as a uh, as a nurse assistant, and uh, one morning uh, I worked third shift, and so one evening I went to work and I had a job. In the morning I came out of work and I was unemployed. I had a I had a check coming that, uh, that Friday, and then I had one more check coming after that, and uh, that was it. I didn't bother telling Cheryl that I had lost my job when I came home that morning. I uh, walked in, ate breakfast with the kids, we did devotions, and then I took the children to, uh, to school. And when uh, Pastor Nelson came in, I was standing at his office door. I said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. I said, uh, I lost my job today. And I explained to him uh, what happened. And he, he looked at me. I'd already been out and had had preached, uh, had preached five or six times out. And he said, Larry, how long has the Lord been waiting on you to go full time in the ministry? I said, well, uh, I don't know, for a while. He says, well, it looks like he got tired of waiting and he Gets up. He didn't pray with me. He didn't open up a Bible and, and give me a Bible verse. He got up after saying, well, it looks like the Lord got tired of waiting. Got up and walked out of the office to go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Where is my pastor? Where is my help? Where is my counselor? Where is the, the sum of all Bible knowledge in my life? You're, you're not even going to pray with me? Well, I sure hope this all works out for you. Uh, Nothing. You talk, I left more discouraged out of that office to go home and say, man, pastor wasn't even a help. So I I get home and I have to tell Cheryl uh, what what took place. And I "I, said, I need to go do my devotions. And that morning I remember praying before I opened my Bible and said, Lord, if there's ever a time I needed to hear from you, I need to hear today. And uh, February the reason I remember is February 23rd is because I was in Proverbs chapter 23 has become a very special proverb to me in the first 6 verses. The Lord dealt with my situation and my problem. And uh, so I, I, had, I had that. And then I was also reading in the, in the book of Psalms, and it happened to be Psalm 27. And this was the verse that he gave me out of Psalm 27. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Who are my enemies? The world, the flesh, the devil. Lord, teach me thy way. Okay, Lord, I am. I'm standing here and I'm not sure exactly what or where to go. Teach me thy way and what? Lead me in a plain path. Not a broad road, not in a specific direction, but in a plain path. A path is not that big. Lord, narrow it down. My prayer after reading through the psalm and going back and and thinking about this verse, I said, Lord... Make my path as plain as a white line on a blacktop road, because of my enemy. I I I don't want I don't want to mess up my family. I don't wanna I don't want the devil's crowd to be able to get a victory. Say, ha ha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're uh, you're not working now. How how is the Lord gonna take care of you now? Uh, so anyway, you can always go back and work at the machine shop and, and all those other things. But I also knew that if the devil could get me off the, re- off the road, off the path that I was on, because I'd been preparing for ministry or something, Lord, I need you to teach me to make my path plain. That morning, I, I claimed those verses, the, the, the verses in Proverbs and those verses, and said, Lord, from now on, would you guide me Guide me in truth. Guide me in the way that I ought to go. Jeremiah, turn back here in Jeremiah to Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Uh, Jeremiah and the Lord have had conversations before over there in in, uh, 17. He said, where is the word of the Lord? Well, in chapter 15, just a, a a couple of months before that, Situation there in verse 16 says, thy words were found and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me a joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O God of hosts. Thy, Thy words, not my pastor's words, not counselor's words, not teacher's words, thy words. Thy words were found. How did I find them? I was searching the scripture. Lord, speak to my heart. Up until this point, I've been very comfortable with doing family devotions to the Lord, teaching us things along the way, uh, coming to church and having the pastor speak eloquently about the, the blessings of being a Christian and how to grow spiritually and all those things. So I've been living off other people's teaching and preaching for the most part. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. When I came across those verses in Psalms and Proverbs that morning, it was like, I was going to say a breath of fresh air. If I I apply it to, and I did eat them, it was like, oh, that was what I needed. That was refreshing. That was a meal. That was something that's going to be helpful to me. And thy word was unto me a joy. And rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me. I I had, had, I had gone through three and a half to four hours of distress, being distraught, being discouraged. Wasn't depressed, but I was headed in that direction. And if I'd have stayed there, I'd have ended up getting depressed. When I got to those verses, and God spoke literally to my heart and to my mind. It was a joy. Yes, I can tell you for certain that God speaks through his word. He knows where you live. He knows what you need. He knows how to strengthen and encourage you. And he does it not just through his word, but I thank Karen for the song this morning. Uh, She and our youngest daughter, Christy have kind of a similar health situations. And Karen's been a real help to Christy as she has struggled with her health situation. And so for you to get up and sing and talk through the song, we can get a word of encouragement from somebody else. But it's the word of God that's going to make the biggest difference. But we still need to be an encouragement. One of the things that the Lord does for me Uh, to be able to encourage me along. Okay, I did devotions. Lord, I'm ready for the day, I think. I don't know what lies ahead, but I read you gave me some verses for the day and everything, but now I have to go do my responsibilities. Well, even this morning, I'm going to church. What difference does it make if Cheryl and I just sit there and talk in church? Or we ride to church quietly? Or we talk about something that's going on? Wonder what's for lunch today? Well, Debbie said something about a pot roast. Well, I wonder... Or I can turn my CD player on that I already had preset last night after prayer meeting to know I've got about four good songs. <laughs> that The volume's already turned up. Cheryl was very kind this morning and did not say, you could turn that down just a little bit. I like good music loud. It, <laughs> it refreshes my spirit. But the Lord will use that to be able to strengthen you and encourage you along with with your day. To give you joy and rejoicing, for I am called by thy name. I didn't get saved until I was 31. My life has drastically changed since those first 31 wasted years of living for self and for the world. Job 23, verse 12 says, I have esteemed the words of thy mouth. Esteemed means very valuable or extremely important i have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food in about oh we have the clock bummer wow it's a 1201 sorry <laughs> in about sometime in the next hour i'm going to guess most of us are going to be sitting down and eating I'd say I'm going to guess and say about half of us, or half of you, ate something for breakfast. We know that food is necessary to survive, but how about feeding our soul from the word of God? We're very focused on the physical. I mean, am, am, I, am I does this vest make me look that? Yes, Larry, because you are fed. you know I... <laughs> Uh, we should probably start working. Do I look old, Larry? Do I? Is my hair too? Should I color my? Uh, we are all concerned about the physical. Do we have enough money to go do this? How much time do we actually spend on the on the spiritual aspect of our life? Well, I read my Bible. I'm good. Really? That's it? That's your spiritual investment? is uh, somewhere between 10 minutes and maybe a half hour in the Bible, and, and you're good. And so, ah, the soul, it just needs a little, bit of a, a little bit of a meal. It doesn't need a great big meal. The words of the Lord are food for our soul. In the New Testament, it says they are milk for babes, that's new, uh, new believers, and meat for strong men. They are sweet, Savory, wholesome words by which God's people are nourished up unto eternal life to feed the soul, and when mixed with faith, they also provide wisdom, guidance, and comfort for the daily life. Larry, Pastor, I've got I've got the situation. I just don't know what to do. Are you reading your Bible? Well, they'll. Guide us in wisdom. Turn in your, turn in your uh, song book to number 26. Uh, they give us, when mixed with faith, they give us wisdom, guidance, and comfort for our daily life. <clears throat> this song was going through my head. This was not in my notes last night. This was going through my head this morning. O oh soul, oh soul, it starts out talking about our soul. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. How's your soul today? How is your soul? Matthew 4.4 4 says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Luke 24, 32 talks about, this is uh, the road to Emmaus. The two men are walking down the road. This is right after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus shows up on the road with them. And uh, they said, did not our hearts, uh, turn there, turn to Luke, Luke chapter 24. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. Luke Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 27, and uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he exp- Jesus, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Verse 31, and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us when he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? They probably heard the scriptures read every Saturday down at the, uh, down at the uh, temple or wherever it was that they heard the, the priest teaching and yet it hadn't really grasped. They didn't really understand. Did not our heart burn within us as he expounded unto them all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Turn to uh, turn back to Luke chapter sixteen. How important is the word of God? It's more important than a miracle. Luke chapter 16, we come to the end of the chapter of Luke 16 and it's the rich man and Lazarus. This is not a parable because Jesus uses actual names and he doesn't claim it to be a parable. Verse 19, there was a certain rich man. And now are tormented, and beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot; neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So, in paradise, uh, there's discussion about where this is. It is was it in the center of the earth, or is it a place up in heaven, or whatever? Paradise has now been has now been removed, and everything is up in heaven now. But in paradise. Uh, somehow or other, there was there was space where you could see, you could see the saved and you could see the lost, and they were able to somehow, at least in this instance, be able to communicate back and forth, at least with Abraham. But it goes on, and it says, uh, "Density, I pray thee, Father, thou wouldest send him to my father's son. Send who? Send Lazarus." that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest thou also come into this place of torment. Misery does not love company. No matter what people say, misery does not love company. Go have Lazarus. Can you, can you raise Lazarus? Can you send him back to my brothers? I don't want them to come here. And Abraham said unto them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He says, they've got the Old Testament. They got the first five books of the law. They've got Isaiah. They've got Jeremiah. They've, they've got First and Second Samuel. They've got the kings. They've got the Chronicles. Uh, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. But one, uh, if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets. Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The written word of God is more important than a miracle. The written word of God is more important than a voice from heaven. Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. If they won't hear Moses and the prophets the one rose from the dead second peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 15 moreover i will endeavor that ye may be able after my de- decease to have these things always in remembrance for we have not followed cunningly devised fables we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well. That, ye, that whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no pri- no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. What he's saying, in other words, is you've got the Word of God. We have the completed Word of God. We've got the Old Testament and all of the New Testament, and we don't necessarily need a pastor or a teacher to be able to instruct us out of it. We can read it of no private interpretation. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in, and one of His jobs is to explain and to open up and give you understanding of the scriptures, John 16 13. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Read your Bible for yourselves every single day, looking for God to give you wisdom, direction, counsel, help, hope, whatever your situation is, you do it. Don't wait for Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. And I'm not saying don't call pastor because pastor not wants to know what's going on so that he can pray for you in your situation. But you've got the same Bible. You've got the same word of God that he does. And it's our responsibility to feed just like we feed ourselves two or three times a day physically, it's our responsibility to feed our soul, which is going to last for all of eternity. This body's gonna be dead, gone, and we get a new one. Hallelujah. But our soul is always with us. But how much time? How much investment? How much of the Word of God? How much do you feed your soul every day? Bible reading and instruction is meant to contrast the earthly view with the heavenly. There's a difference between our daily materialistic life and our spiritual reality. We experience both at the same time and need to be alert and recognize and focus more on the importance of the spiritual. It should be more than a couple of messages at church. It's daily in the Word feeding our soul the spiritual part, the spiritual food. Why is it that those of us are up in our senior years, we wait to start focusing more on the spiritual than we did all those years back here in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s and 50s? we get, as we draw closer to realizing my time is about up. I pretty much live my three score and ten, and if by reason strength, it'd be four score. And I see so many believers in their last days get very concerned about their spiritual life when we all should have been that concerned about the spiritual in this life now, not just focused on the daily life not just focused on paying the bills, not just focused on raising the kids, not just focused on our job, not just focused on where am I going to take vacation, not just focused on, oh, what should we do today, not just focused on the things of this life, this earth, which is where we live, but are we feeding off the word of God? Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now, Father, I thank you for this time you've given to us to look at your word. Lord, some of us could possibly look at our life and say, eh, it's, it's been shambly. It's, it's not in good condition. It's not, it's not doing too well. I've, I'm fighting discouragement and depression. I'm, Lord, I've, I've got this situation in my life and I'm not sure what to do. And Lord, I need to hear from you. I need, I need some help. Or Lord, I've made a mess of things here. We can still get back on the potter's wheel. He can still remake. We're still alive. There's still hope for this time and this life. Everyone's standing, heads bowed and eyes closed.